This next piece is going to be from a band known as Griffin. They were formed at the London School of Music in 1971. Let's see if I can find a place here. I want to give this all to you. And here we have. This is the last flash of Gabardine Taylor. By Griffin. From the album Midnight Mushrooms. 1973.
We here at Her the Kitchen Delirium would like to thank the continuing generosity of our major sponsor, Alfred from Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred has talked by Perkins Warbeck the 23rd back from the ledge on many occasions when I thought that true meaning and true, true fulfillment was not to be had in this earthly dimension. Alfred has always reassured me in the only way that he can that the fight itself is the purpose. I doubt, therefore I am. When all else fails, there's very little to hang on to. The very act of doubting the point and purpose of this exotic journey reminds us that we are the rarest of self-aware creatures, possibly unlike anything else in the entire universe. We don't know, but we know we're rare. Consider that as we move into Vandegraaff Generator. This is darkness.
blood on the tracks when all is said and done but that doesn't mean that ultimately it will not have meant something the meaning is forged in the moment not in memory through memory we can impose whatever we want on the past and we do it's not a truthful accounting of what happened and it's not a truthful accounting of who you are who you were at the time you made a decision to act in accordance with all that you were up to that point in time if you could have done otherwise you would have but you didn't so you couldn't have We can accept, forgive, and move on. You know, we haven't been hurt intentionally. We haven't been harmed by those who wanted to harm us. They just didn't know otherwise. It was who they were, not a product of conscious choice. Remember that when it's time to move on and unshackle yourself from the past.
We are going out to the sounds of Dixie, the Dixie Dregs and Steve Morris in a beautiful duet with himself and Rod Morgenstern on violin called Old World. That was the Dixie Dregs. I'm going to sign off and leave it to Tweeka Turner here on March 15th. 2022. I have been Perkins Warbeck. This has been Gates of Delirium, and we are on MutinyRadio.fm. I'll see you next week at 6 o'clock here from the sprawling studios of MutinyRadio.fm. This is Perkins Warbeck, the 23rd, saying good night.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Anti-Trump is the antivirus, or antibody, to the Trump virus. We're a global alliance of humans standing up against the Trump brand. Antitrump.com started four years ago on March 19th, 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better world. Nobody thought it was going to be this bad. Most of us probably figured it would just be four more years of the same old. He was a 70-year-old babbling Nimrod. How bad could it really be? Treason is the last of his felonious activities. The Trump brand has hijacked our government and sold Lady Liberty to the mob. We are a leaderless and without the most basic health care systems and community services. COVID-19 is a pandemic, but the Trump brand is the virus. Welcome to the antivirus. Go to antitrump.com and spread the word. Individual politics aren't important. What is important is that we stand together as a unified voice and say enough is enough. That's antitrump.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Um, what, what the hell are we talking about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. Why do we do this? Why, why are we <laughs> None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling, he was like, move it, bitch, move it, bitch, and, uh, and, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm just not, I'm not moving it, you know? I've arrived, why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. 115-340-1976, and it does not spell anything. 115-340-1976. Go for it. Call in, guys. Go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. 
San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm. Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm. Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm. District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm. MutinyRadio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Everybody, listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the weekly review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars. 
dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcr. All right, Carl, here's my new theme song. W-A-F-L-M. O Y T flip 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 Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced Mutiny! My turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. That stands for Mike, that stands for Mike Spiegelman. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. That stands for Mike Spiegelman, a.k.a. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. <laughs> Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. L-W-A-F-L. You know, you're right. It does stand in the end, in the end, when all analysis is done. <laughs> Who's behind the curtain? The man behind the curtain? My Spiegelman! Oh, well, thanks. So please, please. Beth. No, I couldn't do it without me. <laughs> I couldn't do it without me. Please. Yeah. Uh, Carl, I'm very excited. Uh, we watch a full-length movie on YouTube. These are movies that I've always read about. And uh, now with YouTube, I don't have to read them. I can just directly watch it. So we want you to watch a movie with us. So you'll be going to YouTube on a different machine. And... At, when we say go, watch the movie and listen to our podcast at the yeah, same time. Exactly Carl, what right. is the movie this week? Well, I'm not sure. I think it is Tracks. Yeah, right, it's Tracks. 1988, and I think the channel we like is called Jeffrey Sawicki. Sawicki. Yeah. Now, the reason I'm unsure is because this is the old switcheroo. You will yes. get through this film, and I will be the audience. Normally, Carl watches a movie three times, researches it off of the wiki, off the IMDb, and then goes from there, goes into interviews, go into old articles. Right. I'm I'm now doing the uh, uh, research. However, this is a movie that we've done twice before on the show, oh. and I don't think I need to add anything to it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I have some information. I wrote down some stuff. Um, and As long as you keep tracks... 
He tracks, it tracks. So it tracks it. So we want you to go find the link, click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. And uh, at the count of three, we are going to go full force. Uh, Carl, I'm very excited to announce that we have a celebrity comedian yeah. countdown. Yes, yes. Celebrity comedian to do the countdown for us and um, selected from around the world. Right. Uh, what part of the world, for chance, do you think this comedian is from? Okay, so today we will focus <clears throat> on a comedian on the East Coast uh, Ooh, of I'm the United old. States. Yes. <laughs> now, this uh, comedian it, is below um, the Massachusetts-Boston area, which you're very familiar with. Sure, and yeah, above, uh, it's above Philly area. It's uh -huh. about but it's this not a, Manhattan. This is another week of another New Jersey comedian, is what you're it saying. Is, you can't, it you is. Can't leave you comfy. Uh, <laughs> we had a couple weeks. We have a couple episodes in the can where they're not from New Jersey. So, Well, listen, but, I right. stepped out of my front door, and I was setting out to scour the country. But I didn't get very far before I bumped into a comedian. I just happened to be in my own home state of New Jersey. So yeah, I well, you can't. You can't throw a dead comedian without hitting a cat, you know, the expression. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you probably put a, a note in Facebook saying, I'm looking for a comedian to do a show, and 100 million wrote to you, and four of them committed. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And one showed. And one showed. Well, let's listen to the person who showed, and we'll be back for the movie. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Blake Champlin. Blake Champlin! How Yay. are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Carl? All right, good. Now, as we speak, I'm sitting here in beautiful, sunny New Jersey, but you are in Indiana. Where exactly? I am in the southern part of Indianapolis. You're in Indianapolis itself. You know, I went there for work and it was sold to me as a metropolis. <laughs> There's the population, you know, it wasn't so hustling and bustling. This is where you grew up in Indiana? No, I actually grew up in a small town about 25 miles south of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. If it wasn't for a global pandemic, you and I would never even know each other. That is correct. So I was doing, okay, I had this open mic called The Boiler Room, and I thought Corona was going to last three months or so. And so I was doing a Zoom to remind everyone, when we're done, come on back to the open mic. How did you discover uh, my Zoom meetings? That's a good question. I'm sure I found it on Facebook. I don't need, you might have been on Displaced Comedians. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Because um, I did quite a few different online mics, and I found them in, in various ways just from uh, searching on Facebook. So I'm sure I found it searching on Facebook. This is happening all over the places. People are doing uh, open mics in uh, the UK, uh, in, you know, just any country. I have even had on the Zoom mics that you used to visit uh, people from uh, Asia. And for them, the clock was flipped. It was the morning when we, you know, 9 a.m. when it was 9 p.m. for us. So I guess yeah. it was probably New Jersey comedy open mics or, you know, it had to be a specific uh, Zoom 
It had to be a specific Facebook group to New Jersey because that's only where I advertised. Did you okay. like, look around, you know, and bump into other state? How did you go? You don't remember how you found us, right? Yeah, I don't. I, I really don't. Um, I just I know I spent a lot of time trying to find stuff because I in a way I was desperate. I would I knew that if I didn't keep myself active with comedy because uh, you know we didn't really understand what was going on with the whole covid situation right. i was afraid i was afraid that if i didn't stay active that i was going to lose my drive so yeah. i just i just kept searching and searching and uh found a bunch of mics and i did uh quite a few mics in other countries as well so it was pretty amazing yeah that's i mean corona is a negative thing covid is a negative thing but the that's one of the positives that came out of it out of it we're working from home we're being on zoom we're meeting people from other states and other countries and they're becoming friends you know i really think you and i are becoming friends and yeah. thank you global pandemic <laughs> right yeah you're right there's been some good things uh because i had originally had some other plans before i knew that uh, corona was going to happen and so I ended up getting stuck here in Indianapolis. Not that that was a bad thing, mm -hmm. but uh, um, basically I, I made so many good friends here while I was being, while I was stuck here when things started slowly opening back up that I decided that I'm going to, I'm probably going to be staying here for a while and I'm happy with that. But mm -hmm. I also, I also realized that during this all, all this time that Indianapolis actually has a pretty good comedy scene and uh -huh. and the proximity from Indianapolis to surrounding cities like Cincinnati, Louisville, Chicago, uh, and 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 smaller cities like Bloomington, where Indiana University is and Fort Wayne. Uh, it's it's a great location to be able to to travel within uh, a couple hours. Yeah. to to go do to go do mics and network at when like there you you can go to new york city which has tons of mics don't get me wrong but i i'm guessing there's probably not a lot of places other places you can go travel to but well, i could be wrong be about surprised. that yeah oh, okay you'd be surprised because there's comedy scenes everywhere um i get to uh pennsylvania delaware connecticut and of course manhattan and points in new york uh, sure. all the time, just trying to get in front of strangers. We, right. I was hoping to bump into you when I went to uh, do a show with the Jersey Boys in Akron, Ohio, but you had a gig that night. Right, that is correct. Uh, you're blowing up. I see you on Facebook getting all these gigs. We're talking about serious lengths of time. This is kind of fresh, right? You're, you're coming out of your, uh, you're, you are burgeoning right now, would you say? Yeah, I'm definitely noticing something going on, uh, and it's been great. I um, and it's been it's been great, and it's been weird because I wasn't expecting it to happen like the way it is. But I guess people just keep so telling me that you know if you just keep doing what you're doing, that's yeah. why you're getting these things. And uh, and I, for the first time, I now have. Uh, actual shows booked every month through October, which I'm very Wonderful. excited about. Yeah, I, you're new, right? How how long have you been doing comedy? It's actually two years this week. 
two years this week. Wow. You are yeah. growing up if it's only been two years. That's really great. And you were trying to help me get into this Gutty's Comedy Club. It's local to you. I fell in love with it on Facebook. I tried to reach out to that guy, but uh, I'm just too far away, I'm, I think. Yeah, so Gutty's is a great place. That's my home club. Uh, Gutty's is a clean comedy club. And I started going there. Uh, I actually went there the very first day they opened from the shutdown, mm -hmm. um, which, which was on my birthday last year. That was my birthday treat to myself. Mm -hmm. and, and it was a show. And um, I started going to their open mics. I started going to uh, doing their improv because they also have an in-house an in improv group. Mm -hmm. And they, they all just welcomed me with, with open arms. That's great. Every, everybody was very nice. And uh, I could talk to people, which, as you know, a lot of comedians have social anxiety. And yeah. so I, I always had a hard time talking to people. But with them, I just didn't. And I, I didn't feel, and, and it's nothing against other places. I just didn't feel that comfortable at other places. Now, that doesn't mean people weren't nice there. And, and they were. Uh, it's just that for some reason, something clicked at Gutty's. So I thought, all right, I want to work on this clean muscle because all my jokes were lean and dirty. I was always yeah. writing dirty jokes. And I didn't want to do that all the time. And so it's, uh, it's a, it's a great place. And, and, um, and the, I've been going there a lot now. They, they took me under their wing. They, they took a chance with me. And after going there for about a month and a half, they let me start hosting shows. Great. And and I've hosted quite a few shows there now. And I'm getting ready to host there again in a couple of weeks. Um, and they they finally started letting me do opening spots, which is great. Which means I'm I'm getting better. I'm getting more material. I'm very happy about that. And, and they're it's opening just, another venue, right? Uh, they they've been in talks of. Uh, of expanding to other locations. Now, I I can't really give you details on that because I don't mm -hmm. really know. Because um, I know they're they're sort because things are still in talks. They're sort of keeping it on the down low about what's going on. But yeah, they they are talking of expanding to other places just because you know clean comedy specific clean comedy venues aren't really much of a thing. And they're trying, I believe they're trying to take advantage of that. Uh, you know, working clean is part, the ability to work clean, it's part of uh, being able to grow as a comedian to other places. You really need to master that. One of the things I used to love on the Zoom is you used to take like a wooden spoon and use it as a microphone. <laughs> funny. It, it was. Uh, it, the funny thing was like, I just, I just started doing it because it was actually... It's actually a plastic ladle, Carl. So <laughs> obviously it was memorable, <laughs> but uh, I started doing it just because I felt more comfortable holding that in my hand. Like I was actually holding a mic. Exactly. And, and uh, I found out after a few weeks of doing that, that it was actually something that people remembered me better by. <laughs> and I remember doing a mic and the first, and, and uh, the guy running it um, said, oh, you're the guy with the ladle. Ah, now I remember <laughs> you. And that's when I thought, hey, I'm on to something here. So I just kept doing it. And, uh, and, and several people bring that up occasionally. So it's, 
it's kind of cool that uh, I actually, I was doing something right. I was like, oh, okay, this is good. <laughs> One of the mics that we did, you did half of the open mic in, in the car. You were driving. By the oh, time I remember. got to you, you had arrived. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and actually, that was after I had just got out, I think, of improv practice at Gutty's. And, uh -huh. uh, uh, and yeah, it was always cool. It was cool that you you weren't bothered that I could be in my car. It's I've one of the great things about Zoom. It brings us these sort of situations. And actually, it makes the Zoom room look pretty cool with you driving. You know, people are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've been I've been on uh, Zoom mics that, well, at least one that uh, one of the rules was you could not be in your car even if you weren't moving. You had to be in a closed room, wow. and uh, <laughs> it, he it was said that it was distracting. So and that's fine. It is. It is. It, I I, don't, I think it's a neat thing, but okay. Okay. Yeah. That's you know that's their room their rules. So yeah. I uh, I actually found out out the hard way because I was in my car the first time I got in that room and uh I had a I, I was given a few choice words and the uh, the runner of the mic was not very happy with me and but he was cool enough to let me come back on on a later show so yeah well their mic their rules my mic no rules I know <laughs> no rules. recently you go ahead Recently, you've been incorporating in your act like a drum kit. Is that for the rim shot after a punchline, or what are you doing so, with the drum kit? Okay, I'll, I'll kind of give you a little backstory to it. Uh, I actually I had all these like one-liners that I wrote, and they weren't working by themselves. And then <laughs> one day, I just had this idea. I had this. I also play the ukulele, and I had this little riff. Uh, I wrote a song around this really simple riff and uh, one day it just kind of dawned on me. I wonder if I could tell some one-liners on top of that. And uh, I was always afraid to try anything new at a show and I was so confident in it. I tried it at a show and it hit and it hit really well. And right. so I was really happy, but then over time, it started like losing its power and I thought, okay. And I kept going to, going to this mic uh, in Indianapolis where they had a drum set. And I thought, I wonder if I could do that over a drum set. And this was just about a month ago. And so I tried all the one-liners on a drum set and it hit really hard. That's and great. Yeah, and uh, I just, I play a little beat. So I'm telling the setup on, with a beat over the top of it. And then I stop and then tell the punch. And then I do the rim shot and go right into the beat again. That is cool. And, and everybody who's seen both that and the ukulele bit said the drum set is, is much better than what the ukulele bit was. So now, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, okay, so Blake Champlin, you are blowing up. How can people find you out there online? Um, well, my... Uh, I'm, I'm under Blake Champlin on Facebook. Uh, Blake, I think I'm uh, at Blake.Champlin on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's really about all. I have a TikTok account, but I haven't used it yet. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't decided how I'm going to use it yet, but um, I, I still don't have a Twitter or anything. I'm not sure I ever will, but right now that's, that's where you can find me. 
find this guy and book this guy, okay? The (laughs) clock is tick-tocking on his tick-tock, but he'll get there. So why don't you kick us off? We're all going to watch this movie at home, and you can give us the countdown. Everyone's going to hit play at the same time. Go. All right, everybody. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go. This is a Dino De uh, Larius production. Now, you know, he went bankrupt when this movie uh, came out. Oh. Yeah, they had, he was cranking out movies and uh, stuff like Jay Leno and Pat Marina comedies, and they just weren't doing anything. By the way, they're in Texas, and there's a shootout going to happen in a pet store. This is high stakes. And that's tracks right there. You see that guy with the brick for a face? Not that guy. He's mushy. No, that yeah. Trax is this the guy. other one. Trax is the one with the hat on, right? Right. You can't miss him. He's a Texas cop with a hat on. Okay, Just but look for the Trax hat. is the one. He's got the badge on the forehead, right? Yeah, not the other guy. Okay. Is he wearing Whether a they sell shirt with a uniform? Do you think that's an actual yuppie pun in there? Because it says guppies and yuppies. Yeah, so the, they probably the have a few young white rich people in cages in the back <laughs> for the texas folk get yourself uh, a yuppie this one's from connecticut look there just happened to be a skateboard lying around not in my town he's he's gonna pull the old uh michael j fox yep exactly what he's gonna pull so are we gonna do a death count in this movie so so far one person got shot in the uh is that rick overton rick overton's in this movie uh-huh you know, so he Rick won't Overton. let him. He won't let him not. He won't let him surrender. <laughs> so the my brother Adam has a podcast called Proudly Resents, and back in 2013, he interviewed this guy, Shadow Stevens, and they uh-huh. talked a lot about tracks and a lot about his career. And uh, I basically my research is to it. So this is a 15 million dollar <laughs> budget movie. And they spend most of it on the town he's going to visit. He's basically getting kicked off the force right now. Oh, he's a familiar face. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't know his name. Sorry, girl. Listen, I want to say that my research is stellar and kicks butt. <laughs> yeah, you have great state. So he just quit. And that's not the first yelly cop captain we're going to see. He okay. He didn't get let go. He qu- he quit because he was about to let get let go. Oh, maybe he got let go. It's been a while since I moved. But the point is, he's he's now a mercenary renegade. Okay, okay. He's a okay. So he's going to start taking the law into his own hands. Yeah. Well, when town folk need him, it isn't like a bad thing. Okay. Okay. When town he's going to stumble him. into this town, and they spend a good budget on this town. Uh, and he's going to see that that the poor old people are being uh, manhandled and ransacked by these evil guys. Okay. So he comes in and he cleans up the town tracks. Great. And there's Robert Davi. You know Robert Davi from uh, Showgirls? No, I'll know his face probably. Oh, there's no way you can't miss his face. He, it looks like he's pinched his nose and, and left it that way. Look, Michael Caine edited. You're going to have to give me some quiet time before I edit this film. 
can't edit with my bloody hand killing people. Now, this guy, Robert uh, Gary De DeVore, uh, who produced this movie and wrote it, this guy is an unfortunate character. And uh, the interview brought it up, but he, he thought this was going to be a huge hit. And Shadow has a problem with this movie because he really liked the script. Okay, three more people are dead. It says like five people already. Uh, and uh, Gary DeBoer kept rewriting it and just okay. doing strange things like putting like electric chairs in the town square, just all this crazy shit. And um, kind of ruined the movie. Uh, well, he drove him crazy because he knew it was going to ruin it. So, you know, uh, Shadow was saying that he was drinking, that the producer was drinking, but mm -hmm. they found him, he disappeared. And they found him a year, like a year after he died uh, in his parked car under the overpass. So I have, uh, his disappearance was a big mystery to everyone who knew him. Happily married and with several, this is IMDb, several major scripts under his belts, rumors ran rampant about the cause of banishment. Despite various theories of carjackings, yeah, it's bull, bull, bull. Uh, he apparently just fell asleep and drove his SUV into a California aqueduct. The time really? of his death, he was driving home, working on a script with Marcia Mason and her family in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And this mysterious disappearance prompted amateur sleuth to retrace his route, tracked by credit card receipts, and contact Chips with his theory of running off the canal. Chip was initially skeptical due to the lack of damage of the overpass rails, but they soon discovered pieces of auto body parts that matched his Ford. So the producer of this movie uh, basically drank himself to death, according to Shadow, but they found him a year later in his car. So, so this is kind of a tragic story. He, like, did a mystery disappearance. Like, I'm tired of this life. Yeah. And he really just yeah, I have a better car call. off the road and nobody noticed for a year. Wow. Yeah, and he he wrote like Raw Deal. You know, he was running scared. The one with uh, Gregory Pines. Yes. Uh, Gregory Hines, excuse me, uh, and uh, kind of ruined this movie. So a little bit of a disappointment. Okay, so now now we're in Nicaragua. He's a vigilante. He's a, he's Rambo with better hair. In '87, so it's still before this movie comes out. Look at that terrible hair. It's terrible that hair. Uh, that's Shadow's bread and butter, that hair. Well, everything you know, you know his hairline is receding now. He needs some bangs. He loves cookies. Trax wants to do nothing but bake cookies. Oh, and that's he a will big at the end. for him. Cookies are like a weakness. Yeah, that's, that's a big thing. And at the end, he opens his own store called Snacks on Tracks. Snacks by Tracks. That's very nice. <laughs> very nice. He wants I've, to be the next. I've never anus. appreciated cookies' names because you—they're called cookies because you cook them. But don't you cook so? You know, you cook everything. So why does you cookies get the? You know, what? should they be called bakeys? Right. That. Thank you, Michael. That was exactly where I was going. It's not even fair to call them cookies. You don't really cook them. You bake them. Hang on, I'm writing this joke down. Shouldn't they be called bakeys? Wait, I'm doing it at home for my okay. cookies. Uh, the roof I is on fire. They get and look what is <laughs> while you write my joke. Here he is making cookies. Oh, he's doing the great. <laughs> he's punching the eggs. Yeah, right. Oh, he looks like he's well, horrible at cooking. 
Okay, and the then, best thing about this movie is that it's so violent, and then it's mixed with him baking cookies. Like he kills dozens of people, but he his real passion is cookies. Oh, I don't think he killed so many people. We're only up to five. No, he killed a bunch more in Nicaragua. We didn't count. <laughs> He's terrible at it. <laughs> He's good at killing. This is a comedy. Cookies. This is a comedy, I guess. He, yeah, yeah, and you know this. The soundtrack is is pristine, and the, the, we have to like blast the final song. But okay, you know it's that '80s like everything's great when you dream real big. You know what I mean? Like that kind of inspirational power rock. It's probably with a horrible drum machine beat. Well, you need the drum machine because you can, you're not going to pay for a drummer. Not in the '80s. That was too, you know. It was the Renaissance. You know, Shadow talks about the drum machine. Shadow talks about the music in this movie when he when my brother interviewed him. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis was the, his company was going bankrupt, so the film right. kind of never really got released. It got edited twice. He Shadow is an accomplished editor, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why in a second. But he, in the interview, he was saying that he would edit the movie for free and they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to pay for an extra copy to hand to him. So ultimately this movie wound up on HBO. HBO hired their own. He offered to do the editing of this film? Yeah. So Shadow Stevens, you know, he came from the world of advertising and radio. And one of the things he was best known for prior to this movie was there was a consumer uh like uh, electronics store remember we had like consumer electronics in montclair like crazy eddie okay oh yes consumers the cup co- all right go ahead you know so it's a giant like uh crazy eddies so they sell like different stuff it's called federated and he did a, a string of ad campaigns where he played fred rated and he's kind of uh-huh. like a fast talking like 80s guy and uh they did a bunch of commercials and he would crank out like five or six of these commercials uh, a week. And the yeah. idea was they didn't want to air the same one twice. He said that like he, you know, he destroyed a TV set. He doesn't want to be destroying the same TV set over and over again. So it was these like kind of Max Headroom, know what I mean, Vern, more like smart ass cookie. Okay. Uh, so he'd be in a boardroom and he'll be giving out his ideas. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of, crazy Eddie type of stuff. So he made 1100 of them and he was saying, and this movie is actually, uh, he said it was in YouTube, but, uh, are we, did, in uh are we in New Orleans? No, this is all Texas. My friend, okay, this is okay. the ruthless, the lawless streets of Texas. See, you can't even get into your car without getting assaulted. Gotcha. Wow. In Texas. Yeah, that's a real the, shame. Uh, the, the lights on the side no, of the car, that's different. Well, this is, they built this town. So, and then they got a bunch of stuntmen getting thrown out of the windows. So this is, this is, they spent most of their money on this set. So we're watching a set. We're not watching, I guess it's no, a this controlled is a, environment and that's the argument to make a set. But oftentimes I've thought to myself, if the set looks like what's outside your window of the set, why don't you just go outside and save a bunch of cash? Well, you could tell, as I said, like the outside, like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, people get smashed through windows, but you'll see throughout this movie, while well, when Trax cleans up the streets, you'll see the old couples stick their heads out the window and nodding approvingly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can't get that on a regular street because right. it must be sometimes windows don't open. But these stunts are nuts. Like the great joy about this movie is that it is a comedy and it's the most violent comedy I've seen. Now, did Rambo you know, just, and other films like that had come out already, and that was this was the parody of those. It was of the genre of those, like they would fit under this. I guess he's more of a his background is that he's a Rambo, right? Okay. He was in Nicaragua, but this is he's more of a cop. This guy is Sean Hancock, the police chief, and uh, Carl. He was on streets of San Francisco. He was in uh-huh. Roots: The Next Generation. Uh, he was in a, a TV movie called The Girl Who Stopped the World. He played Goldtooth, and then they made a TV series called Stop Susan Williams based on it, where he played Goldtooth. But you know him as First Family as President uh, Calandra. And the guy died at 51, 1992. I see, I see his face, and I know his face. What was the one I would know him from, the sitcom? Uh, First Family, the, the movie. Oh, oh, First Family. Is he the way? That's He's the one the, with Bob Newhart? Yeah, yeah. And Gilda Radner, yeah. Good for yeah. He was, he was in Airplane 2, and then, of course, he was in Duke's Hulk and Greatest American Hero. And he passed away in 92. <clears throat> you know, that film was great because Gilda Radner in, was in it. And Gilda Radner was the most funniest person in the whole world because she died. Yeah, and you know, her movies aren't that many, right? I mean, she's Haunted Honeymoon and... Uh, the thing is, did... Gilda Radner was a very, very funny person. She was really great on Saturday Night Live. But because she died, she was the greatest comedian of all time, you know. She gets a lot of see, street cred. Did you ever see her live movie, Golden Live? Maybe so long ago. Yeah. Terrific it was, stuff. So this... This guy who's smiling, his he's his character's name is Dieter. Dieter's going to become uh, pals with uh, Trax, and oh, he's going to help Trax. Oh, did he just miss some body count? Oh, we're done with the body count. I, oh, I can't, we are. I'm... I stopped at five. What 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 are we up? To? Dieter doesn't die. I know his face too. Dieter's going to lose. He's going to lose some blood later, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. How good is the shooting? Now, one of the things Shadow was mentioning. So, by the time it got to HBO. They didn't hire an orchestra. They just had a guy add the music for like $1,500. And the music is terrible. Another post-production thing they did was they never added sounds of the of the uh, guns. So what you hear mostly when the guns go off are the uh, starter pistols or whatever they have on uh-huh. set. So you don't hear pa-ching. You hear like, right. yeah. I mean, there's some sound effects added to it. I don't know. Have you ever seen CD4? for the music, that is just. That is a coup. I mean, that is a budget to write home about. (laughs) Of course, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Well, you know, this movie, I first saw this movie because I was at the Tower Records outlet store. Remember how the outlet store was like twice as big as the regular store and it was every city? It would have every recorded record we thought until the internet came along. If you want to find it, that's where you'll find it. So usually like a town in New York or let's say San Francisco, there would be Tower Records. So there would be the one in Fisherman's Wharf and there'd be one, 
I think the Fisherman's Wharf was a big one. I think there was another one. But then they would have like a classical annex, and then they would have the outlet. And I know I know the store that was the outlet where I found my video psychopia tracks uh-huh. is now a piano store. Or let's I don't know, pre-pandemic was it became a pandemic uh, piano store. But yeah, you know, you would search through know. these tables. They just have card tables and they would put all these video cassettes on it and you would dig and you would find something like tracks and you'd be like, Oh my God. So I don't know if it ever played on HBO. I'm sure it did because they own it, but I know it from the video. Now who is that Dieter? Yeah, that's Dieter. Okay. And what was he in? Because I know his face. Well, he was in C before he played Trustus. I don't know. Oh, that's the uh, Chris Rock bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed but that was- one kind of, you know, I enjoyed uh, Eddie Murphy's brother in that, but not until I knew he was Eddie Murphy's brother. Then I liked him. Huh. No, he was, I remember him uh, in that movie, and I thought it was really, really funny in that movie. Uh, yeah, but yeah, when he was on Chappelle's show, we were like, wow. Uh, the real world stuff was pretty funny. Yeah. Was, so the guy's name was Pug, William Pug, uh, and he it was in my favorite uh, Twilight Zone episode from the 80s, Wordplay, where uh, this guy can't, the words start changing on this guy. So when people talk to him, they're like, refrigerator. He's like, what? Good refrigerator. <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, it was a really good one. He was in RoboCop, too. Uh, he was in RoboCop around. also? No, RoboCop, oh. the sequel. These are some pretty good choreographed, uh, I know him, I know him. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. Now, so, what's going on? He's back in Texas in his hometown, and I don't follow, like, why are we in a brothel kicking ass? He's cleaning up the town. Look, look the brothel takes major credit cards. He's going into <laughs> town by town, and he's like, ladies, leave. Guys, I'm going to shoot. Oh, he shoots the toilet. Look at that, man. That's a good brothel, because you can take a leak in between sex, right? Yeah, why would they have a toilet like it was a prison cell? Weird. And there's no water in it. It's that... like a big toilet. If you shoot a toilet, <laughs> yeah, just kick the door open and it closed on them. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Get, that get out. Okay, okay. Bitches out. Remember that Robocop? Yeah, he's in just Robocop? shooting. Robocop said bitches? Yeah, remember he uh, he walks in and there's these two ladies having doing coke with the guy and he goes bitches out. Oh, oh, that's hilarious! Uh, that and look uh, at this, look at this, it's daycare. <laughs> what a nice guy! Now this is pretty much the gist, right? He's that shooting people funny. in the hallway. He smiles at the kids and the kids knowingly smile back. They know he's cleaning up the town, like. What? We continued our death. We gotta be up to twenty-five. He's got a gun to a kid. This is not the first time this is gonna happen. He looks like the third close encounter of the third kinds kid, but um, you know that guy grew up. Yeah, I don't think he was that in, in ten years later. Cow! Hit the belt buckle. Doesn't hit the kid. Out the window. Look at that. It's going to give him like nod of approval. He, he, he has these clever white guy things, he says. Like, you know, he wasn't coked up by this point. He did admit, Shadow admit that uh, people know Shadow Stevens because he was the, he's an announcer. He did Craig Ferguson's show for years, but he's done the new Hollywood Squares and Hollywood Squares for, for you know, uh, uh, 88 to 2004. Mm-hmm. Those two shows ran. And he didn't, he wanted to be an actor and 
he got Hollywood, New Hollywood Squares around the time he was shooting this. And he said, no, I'm an actor. And they said, well, whatever. Do you want, you want a square? You can show up once a week and talk about your acting gigs. He said, yeah, okay. So he started doing that. And then they so said, look. So he got his own square, you. even though he was the announcer of? Yeah, well, you know, I do remember he would announce from the square at one point. They, really? he, became, he became a square. <laughs> and then they said, listen, we need you as an announcer. This is ridiculous. Yeah, right. So he said, okay, uh, I'll be the announcer. Yeah. I remember some episodes where they would, uh, he he kind of posted, <laughs> he announced from the square. But he's done over 600 episodes of, of uh, Hollywood Square. So he's, you know, he's known for that. He was on K-Rock, you know, when it was an AM station and turned to FM. Oh. He's, he's, he's kind of known for, you know, voices and stuff like that. Well, that's he's, a very familiar name, Shadow Stevens. And I hope he never listens to this and gets insulted that I don't know who he is. But I oh, did yeah, know his face and I've heard Shadow Stevens before. So you would know his voice. He was saying like when he was doing these commercials, he got uh, a really bad drug habit. Uh-huh. And he gained 50 pounds. He was on cocaine and meth and just eating hamburgers. <laughs> and uh, funny looking stuff. Yeah. Oh, so there's Robert Davi. You don't recognize this guy? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm trying to think of the film. He's always the bad guy, the thug, the... Uh... Yeah. Well, he has that line in the Showgirls where he goes, must be nice not having guys coming on you. Oh, okay. He was... Okay, so that's who you were talking about. But I do yeah. know his face from other things. I don't know what. Oh, he's usually on, like, uh, Law and Orders and shit like that. Gotcha. There he is. Look at him. I think he's like a conservative uh, celebrity, where if you check his Twitter page, you're like, what? I thought only liberals live in Hollywood. <laughs> so he looks younger here, but he never really looked. He's sort of ageless. Uh, when you see him today, he. I think it's like his face, like, you know, when he gets older, it looks more pinched. And now he's kind of useful and a little doughy on his face. Conservative in Hollywood. Now, this is crazy. Like, this is exploding not because of gunfire, but it's the squib special effects. Uh huh. You know, so they're blowing up for some whatever reason, but it's not because they're uh, being shot, but they're using the same special effects. Where did we see Sky Ioni? Uh, and this. Oh. <clears throat> I'm Was it that one this about... guy? They were living on uh, boats in Petaluma or something like that. Salsalino. No, that was the one where the uh, flea came as a as an alien. Oh, oh yeah, right. The guy from Terminator. That's why I was confusing him with this guy. Gotcha. Well, he hung up so hard that the screen that the Charlie's Angels speaker. Yeah, we broke. That's the reason why I was exploding. He was yelling so much about what tra the damage tracks has been doing. Oh no, this tracks has got to be stopped. Is this the big bad guy who's going to stop tracks? Who's going to try? But Davi has these henchmen, which just kind of ruin the movie. Oh. They're like, well, not really. So you see the put upon accountant he's talking to. Yeah, he's going to have kid. to. He's going to have to bring desperados to town, and they're going to be in a limo. And these desperados are like tormenting the guy, and he's just kind of snivels. This okay. guy has better hair than Shadow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at him doing it. Yeah, Dobby's crazy. Choice, Mike. I have to commend you. This is a pretty cool uh, parody here. 
This is one of my favorite movies. I mean, it's just so joyful and just so like delirious. He's Bugs Bunny from Frame Man. So do you recognize this one? Yeah. Wow. Pamela Barnes. Uh-huh. Uh, Pamela from Barnes. Dallas. Not from Dallas. Yeah. I think she was in uh, Dynasty or something like that. Well, Pamela Barnes was really a woman on Di- the character name on Dynasty. The Barnes family was against the Ewing. Oh. Yeah, and Pat that Pamela married a Ewing and they were pissed. She's like, We loved you at Dynasty. That's just the character's name. <laughs> she well, her and Suzanne Summers kind of have a weird history. Oh, uh, she's Su- from Three's Company. Yeah, so she gotcha. replaced she replaced Suzanne Summers to much degree. And then years later, Pamela Barnes was in the pilot for She's the Sheriff, and they decided to go with Suzanne Summers instead. Ah, that's justice, probably Suzanne thinks. But she yeah, was I guess. the third one. She was the third choice. She wasn't the second Chrissy. She was the third. Really? There was a Chrissy in the middle. I didn't know that. Was it uh, one of the Manson women? <laughs> like Tweety? I just squeaky? see your face in my mind's eye. I don't know. <laughs> What's going on? Usually, I'm I'm telling you the plot as we go. Well, the plot is simple. This this is she's like a councilman or something like that, and she really wants the town clean up. And she likes this tracks guy who's uh, cleaning Uh up the town. And he here's here's his hangout. Not only does he he lives in the woods on the outskirts of Texas, but he bakes cookies. That's perfect. And I, I think she broke the fourth wall and looked straight at the camera. Well, you know, the way people act, there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in this movie. <laughs> I do think the main actors do a great job. Like uh, Dieter here, uh, William Puck, he holds this film together, you know, like uh, he Was just he plays part along of 1980s old school rap break dancing or something? Because I know his face from that kind of movie. I didn't, you know, I, I actually looked through his history because. Um, I had seen him in Trust This. You know, I, I knew him from CB4. Like, it, it, that's a big mm-hmm. role. He was in Color Purple, Amazon Women on the Moon, Robocop 2. Color Hills Purple. Got, okay, okay. The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. The, <coughs> the Boring. Oh, and then the Carl, he was on Hill Street Blues and TJ Hooker. So, uh-huh. Yeah. His last movie was called The The Bottoms. D-A and then Bottoms with a Z. It was a TV movie. The Hill Street Blues Have Eyes? He was in that. Part two. Look at he's got his, this the wooden spoon and fork in his in his utility belt. <laughs> With his gun. He's a. Uh, the cookies are like cat food cookies and and. Uh, there's there's one with tuna fish and there's one with like he calls them doggy drops and they they look like shit like little squirrels. But why is he making them? He doesn't own a pet. He's just he's just very passionate. See, they'll taste it, give a look, and I'll say, "What is it?" And I'll say, "Like sewer water." It's very important the cookie part. Mm-hmm. He wants to be like famous Amos. He wants to be the new famous Amos. He can spit it out behind his back. Not very good cookies. He's no pussy, so he'll never be a cookie puss. Here's my manager. Uh, let me talk to Cookie Puss. Cowboy's still me? kicking butt. That's the headline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was no internet back then, so you had to buy the newspaper. 
Yeah, they still had clickbait. It was more like buy the paper bait. I would, you know, remember like you would be carrying your your groceries in one hand and you see the newspaper vending machine and so you kind of wrap your hand or your shoulder around the bag. and Yes, right. We've all been there. He's like, where's my cook I, uh, cookie ingredients? So, yeah, this is like a slow point right now. They haven't shot anybody up. He Shadow Stevens also he made some I read about him in Spin magazine. How about that? Oh Spin. I remember Spin. We used to I used to buy that every now and again. Uh yeah. It wasn't a website to browse to, so Spin would right. Well Spin's still around as a as a website. They, Bad guys. But it was a, it was like he had a full page photo of it was him and his hair, and he had made a TV show called Shadow Vision. Uh-huh. And, uh, How did like, I miss this guy? He's got a long career, and I was alive at this time. Oh, I'm telling you, like, this movie is great. You know, and he kind of regrets it, uh, but he, he he appreciates it. But he, uh, he has a long career. Yeah. He but it sounds Lars. like it's real ups and downs. I mean, you know, like, being the star of a movie is an up, but being an announcer on a game show... That's pretty that's a up. down if you used to be in a movie, you know. Well, this is the movie he was in, and it didn't go anywhere. So, in oh, the meanwhile, this he was, was the one shot he you, had at making a movie. Here. You, you know, like Dave's World. Do you remember Dave's World? It was Harry Anderson playing the the columnist Dave Barry. I, I don't. I, I, I know that name. Mm-hmm. His neighbor was Shadow Stevens, so there was like 87 episodes where he uh-huh. actually was an actor, and he he was a sitcom guy. Gotcha. So this guy was always on the periphery of uh, entertainment. He was always in it, yeah. but never the... Uh, no, I think he's he's royalty. I mean, he was a radio uh-huh. guy. He the, the Fred Rated commercials made him like a Vern. Uh, was that, uh, where was that located? Because Federated bought Macy. Federated ended up being like a big chain owner of department stores. But what? But Federated was local at that point and with like a crazy Eddie's. Like a it was. Consumer. Yeah. So it was West Coast. It was Arizona, uh-huh. New Mexico. It was parts of Texas and California. Okay. This and, is why uh, I missed that. They called it bludgeoning advertisement. Uh, it was 1,100 uh, commercials, and he would do like five five a week, and they would change every 10 days. And he was kind of – he would always refer to like Bassomatic, the Dan, fast-talking Dan Aykroyd guy. And uh, oh, yeah. he, got a two page, he got an article in Time Magazine for the advertisement, a two-page spread, he said. Mm-hmm. The documentary is called Laugh Now, Think Later. Uh, in the 2013 interview, he said it was on YouTube. I'm sure at this point – if if it's not on YouTube, it has to be on Amazon Prime or one of the free streaming services. Okay. But check it out. Laugh now, think later, and it's basically a collection of the commercials as well as the documentary of, of making them. So maybe I you can really see. respect that he was like, "We're not showing the same one twice." That's really great. Yeah. Well, you know, people had TV and they would watch TV, and you would always talk about the commercials. And if the commercials were new, then that became your new kind of feat, you know. It's kind of like an art form, uh, you know, it's supposed to just be selling stuff. But if you're doing a new one each time, what's he going to do next? It's kind of yeah, like right. a show. Yeah, that's very cool. 
Yeah, like, you know, with us East Coast kids, we're like, what's Phil Rizzuto going to say about the money store now? Yeah, that's right. Now, that's relatable. Nobody would know the money yeah. store out, out in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no one knows Phil Rizzuto for the money store. Back in the Phil day, for the money in... store. By the way, what's he yeah. doing right now? Was he saying, that's it, we got to clean up this, we got to get rid of this guy because he's cleaning up our street yeah but these these desperados are the worst and they're they're tormenting look at the visas out in the middle of the day all this you know, weaponry mike back in the day i i did go to the money store and um i bought two tens and a five uh -huh. i bought two tens and a five and the bill came to like 25 bucks i was like where's my big savings <sighs> Yeah, they don't make it. How do they make a profit? Is it true when you went to the money store, it was just a storefront? Yeah, it was just like a storefront. Commercial? Right. And inside, you know, they had all the money. Yeah, I was like, I'll try it, you know. And I was like, let me get uh, two tens and a five. Did you see that guy run into a phone booth? Yeah, and mush he smashed it. He didn't turn into it. Is that all a set? Yeah, he's wow. just cleaning up this town by shooting everybody in it. That's a bit of a waste of money, right? Yeah. Well, they didn't have any budget for anything else. Ow! You no, ran right over movie. that dude. Yeah, but only once. You got to run over him twice in this movie. This movie, you have to run over him twice. <laughs> it's like. And that was a witch. That was the Wicked Witch of the East. Man, the uh, Wicked Witch of the West is going to be so pissed off. Do any of the cops recognize Shadow from before he got let go from the force? Is he seeing any old cop buddies there? And they're like, why are you going rogue? And This is a different Texas town. Oh, 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 okay. You see, he got kicked off the force for excessive force at a pet shop robbery. Right. Which they had guns. To be fair, the culprits at the pet store robbery brought guns yeah you could be pistol. fair but one of them surrendered and he still got shot and they they destroyed the aquarium behind them and i'm sure some yuppies were injured go to does the yuppie die <laughs> uh it's giving me a content warning all right i'm gonna does click not here. look like texas to me buddy right this no, moment texas is a big state yeah, you know what? You're right about that. Texas, I mean, Houston looks different than Dallas, looks different than San Antonio, looks different than Austin. You're right. Now this, now, this is where I don't like what the director's doing. I've always felt like comedy, you need to have wide shots. And a lot of, like, tight shots, I feel like the comedy gets lost. You know okay. what I mean? Like, okay. There's no oxygen in it. It's just them. But basically, he's for, they're tormenting this guy, and they're forcing him to sing. And I think they, they shoot him again at, at one point. Or they do something horrifying to him. He looks like he's getting the upper hand on them right now. No. You would think, right? <laughs> These are good thugs. I don't know. I think they uh, ran out of things to do. This guy is pretty beady looking. Yeah, they're basically like, uh, I think they're making him sing along. Oh, okay, okay. Tormenting. What a meta. <laughs> 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 
I love that song, One Guatemala. I see what you mean, how tight it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm just not a fan of that. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I'm always in the school of, like, somebody needs to be in the shot. Now, look at this Chuck Norris dude. Cool. Look at him. Have you ever seen a face like this guy? Really well, he looks like um, Steven Spielberg. He it's, does look like Steven. Do you think this is a cameo? And he looks like, like Steven, um, Steven Wright. Yeah. He's got the nose, like this weird rubbery nose. Maybe it is Steven Wright? No way. We would notice from the, we would know from the nose. <laughs> so they're letting him pass, but they're still going to take care of him. Look at that, Steven Spielberg. Ah! Buh, buh, buh. <laughs> he throws it in there. Yeah, right there. But we get to see something blow up real good. Way too much. Way too much explosion. Why do they always do that? Well, you got the casino in there. Maybe like the it was an extra flame or something. Mike, I already told you this before. I saw a car explosion in my life. I saw it, and it was very scary. But it was not like you know. I mean, it it made a pop. It made a pop, and when I did, I felt the heat, you know. But it was just a flash, and the rest was smoke. It was not. The, oh, I know his face too. You do not. That's not unnoticeable. Did you notice the USA Today? All right, let me see your face again. It's done. Basically, oh. crime is still prevalent, and these just poor and ordinary Rebel. town folks are being harassed. So he's, he's facing a terrible again. cookie again? Yeah. And that'll be a running theme. Like, he thinks his cookies are great, and in reality, they're not very good. You would figure Dieter would figure it out by this point. Mm-hmm. And be like, nah, I'm going to pass on the cookie. <laughs> and did you ever see Pamela Barnes in the movie uh, Mall Rats where she shows her breasts? Uh, no, but I am writing it down. Mall Rats. Did you, right did right you, next to my open mic joke. <laughs> my open mic joke. Should I Netflix Mall Rats or it's not worth it? Uh, it's a. It's probably available on your regular t- TV. It's not really worth it, but she uh, she's topless. She's a topless fortune teller, except she has three nipples, so the guys can't look at her breasts. So okay. she's topless with the extra nipple added on. Yeah, if there's uh, one thing that is absolutely not sexy, it's human deformity. Right, I think that was a joke. This is the 80s where you can pat the uh, aerobic-sized waitress's butt. You know, in the in the 90s when i was in college and i would go to a strip club with my buddies you absolutely could touch the girls no problem right so then tom Kroll's getting married so i went out to la to be his best man and i go to uh-huh. the lady with like with a dollar tip the place freaked they're like whoa it was like i was you know in uh, new jersey yeah like you mean you cannot touch the girls i yeah you can't Oh, I made such a big stink. We were going to get our asses kicked out of there. And then I was like talking like, what's the big trouble? And they're like, oh, (laughs) he's not from here. Right. Sorry, Mr. Soprano. (laughs) Hey, what is the big mistake? Oh, they're super fly. Not anymore. Wow. He pulls the two guns out. Very cool. Yeah, it gets the photo. Yeah. And you can see that photo later. They're going to sell T-shirts. Oh, really? Very good. So he's not proud of this film because I'm going to have to watch it uh, apart from yeah. our show because it looks like it's pretty fun. I mean, you it's have fun. To, 
forgive it for being so campy. You know, he he kind of took it to heart. He took it to heart. He wasn't happy with the production. He wasn't happy with the the revisions and uh uh-huh. Yeah. He's there you go. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Oh, this is one of the best lines. He goes like uh uh drive safely or I'll kill you. <laughs> he, he, he improvised that line. He is uh, Oh, that's so me. funny. <laughs> He's, but he must be acting yeah. like crazy. Uh-oh, this is probably what got him hooked. This scene. Well, he, he didn't touch it, but at this point, he, he was clean and sober. Oh, I see. Probably the guys, the actors are tasting it and going, man, this sugar is sweet. <laughs> this is great, cornstarch. <laughs> what is that? Can I... This is a bomb. What is that? What is that? Did they throw a rock in my window? Does it say is this is a rock? Man, if I ever do a movie, I'm stealing that joke. It goes through the window. They go, what is that? And it says, this is a bomb. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's not a very good bomb if they're still talking. Let me guess, and I really know nothing about Shadow Stevens, but I bet you this movie came out. He was like, oh, this is terrible. I'm embarrassed. I hate it. And then, like, 25 years later, he's like, seeing it. You know, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, he was talking about the. He went to a show in Los Angeles called B Movie uh, Bingo, uh-huh. where people get cards. They'll watch a particular genre movie and they did this for uh, tracks. And they'll say, like, police chief choose out, you know, cop. Oh, like, um, and, stere- uh, not stereotypes, but yeah, movie tr- tropes. Is that the tropes. word? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, tropes. And they'll say, we got a bingo. And he said he really enjoyed watching that movie under that context. Like, you know, he had a good time. <laughs> that sounds right. It, this is a great movie. I'm, I'm just going to get my review up front. Good. I have nothing else to say except here comes an explosion. Here comes someone thrown out a window. Here comes someone getting shot. And then bullets hit his, uh, look at this explosion. <laughs> I he finally went off. Floor. Yeah, he walked into the first floor, and then everybody in the second floor explodes, and then he walks out of the liquor store. Got some chewing gum. No, a lollipop. Talk to me in two weeks. I guarantee you I will be a Shadow Stevens fan. I'll know everything about him. Yeah, I mean, don't you don't have to watch every episode of Dave's World, but you should check out, I don't know, if you have HBO Max, you should check out the Larry Sanders episode where Hank hosts. Okay. He, he, and uh, he, Hank is the second banana. He needs his own announcer. And he goes, get me Shadow Stevens. That's perfect, right? That yeah, was his yeah. role. <laughs> so Shadow Stevens shows up to be the guest announcer. when uh, Hank, uh, and it's a great line, is uh, Hank Kingsley. He goes, no, 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 Hank Kingsley. So Shadow <laughs> Stevens right. repeats, Hank Kingsley. You know, I don't appreciate how the directors got us back in the exact same scene. It's these same close edits of these scary guys tormenting this this accountant. Yeah, it clearly isn't the same day. Like they shot on that. I don't know. Not a fan of this. Uh, yeah, no, this this subplot's not great. These guys have great faces, and uh, you know, some comedy I wrestled out of it. But I, 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 you know, I wouldn't miss it if it was cut. I do apologize, Mike. The dogs are barking and there's no one in the house. I've got to let them inside. Or go ahead. Okay, just yeah, take care. I'm here in the studio. This movie's trash, as you can tell from the trash can. Going in. 
guess it's the passenger side. Uh-oh, looks like trash. Yeah, so here, it's just strange. He talks about this. Not only did he kill the people, but he hung them upside down on the street lamps. That's some real, like, war atrocity shit right there. But it's a message. It's a friendly message. It's saying, this could be your dead body hanging upside down. I don't know. I think maybe Welcome to Our Town would be a better post. It's a little jarring. Nothing like a good comedy to bring up war atrocities halfway during the film. Uh oh. One thing we hate in the 80s are bicyclists. These guys are easy pickings. Who are you going to hit first? Badass right there. Yep. <clears throat> Thank God for that comedic sunroof. Make Looney Tunes proud. Love it. They're actually hitting people in the head and they're flying off. Nothing like a stuntman. Take that. Sorry, Mike, that took longer than usual because there was a bear. Really? Yeah, and the, the dogs were like, this is our yard. This is our yard. Bark, bark. And I was like, he knows it's your yard. He doesn't care. Get in the house. It worked. You don't think, oh, look, he's shooting him with a baseball bat. <laughs> That's funny. Well, no, there was a guy with a gun behind him. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But he was but the guy on the bat. What do you think about the last scene? I have no comments about the events from the last scene. <laughs> Her name wasn't Chrissy. What was it? No, Chrissy was Chrissy Snow was Suzanne Summers. Was it Janet? No, Janet is someone else. Right. Chris. Um... Oh, gosh, the, her name's on the tip of my tongue, and I'm surprised you don't know that there was another Chrissy. But anyway, we're watching this movie, not that uh, show. You know, it was bittersweet for her, because on the one hand, uh, when she got the role as a roommate, she was taking over Suzanne Summers, and there was a lot of press about that. On the other hand, the rent was pretty cheap. You know, it was like, good one, Mike. But listen, listen, she was not the second Chrissy who took over from Chrissy. She was so there was really so wait a minute there was Chrissy and then there was a Chrissy replacement and then there was Pamela Barnes yes mm -hmm. let me just uh I might as well just do it because I'm here I'm on oh, my phone it's killing you it's killing you Three's company Chrissy replacements okay I'm telling Google what does this note say now oh I, I think it's from track saying I'm going to clean up your town or some shit like that Terry Alden. Hello. Hello. Hello, 80s. Hello. Her Are high heels and, and uh, one piece are the same shocking pink color. You don't know what Texas, what area of Texas this oh. is. No. But... That's not the golf. So they're cleaning up the town, literally. They're painting it, and he's dancing with uh, Dieter while the montage music, the inspirational yeah. montage music plays. Look, hey, we brought back the comic books we stole from the previous scene. We're just kids. 
Thanks, thanks to you and Trax, this town has been cleaned up. Right? See, literally, they're cleaning their steps. <laughs> thanks to a madman killing everybody in their town, they can water their lawn in peace. Yeah, what a gray Oh, there's this perfect cookies. Boy, the cookie. hand is on the... I know, he handed this... I don't think they know, They don't give a shit when it comes to stunts and the actors. This dancing scene is ridiculous. See, that's not the Gulf of Mexico. It's some lake. You got to be inspirational and follow your dreams. I know, this can't be a set. This has to be like a real fountain with staircase. Yeah, it has to be. Of course it has to be. They would not build that, uh, well, I don't know. Red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. How patriotic. Yeah, he was saying that they wrote a scene where they had three electric chairs and they were putting the villains on it. And one had a red uh, hoodie, one had a white hoodie, and one had a blue hoodie. It's not in the movie, but. Okay. Red, white, and blue. Uh, and this is Fourth uh, of July weekend. Maybe we shouldn't say that. Who knows when this will air? Yeah, and not only that, it's uh, it's after the, the weekend too. So. Okay, I have texted you the picture of the woman who replaced Sin uh, Chrissy, and when you see it, you'll go, "Oh yeah, her." Yeah, no, I, I I know who you're talking about. I'm I'm watching a movie on my phone, so I can't do the link. Oh, okay, okay. Uh-oh, she's talking to Shadow. Now, she likes that he's cleaning up the town, but it looks like there's some conflict here. Well, it's sexual conflict, right? Oh, there's tension? Sexual yeah. tension? You can't have these 80s movies without, like, the tension is so ripe, they can't, they can't take it. Remember we watched Never Too Old to Die with uh, John Stamos and Vanity? Uh, and Gene Simmons as like uh, the villain. Nope. We I did. Don't, I I don't think you saw that with me. Yeah, I did. We okay. We what did was the name episode. of it? Never too old to die. Young. Gene Never Simmons? too old to die. Young. Never too old to die. Young. <laughs> that's funny. I think that's the title. It's something. We saw it with head. We watched one episode. We watched three episodes. Uh, three movies because we we're just kind of going back and forth. That was one of them. Oh, I certainly a, remember head with you. That was great. Now, will she do any fortune telling? Because often she's topless when she tells fortunes. Uh, no, there's no fortune telling in this. This Aww. movie is strictly PG, just mindless violence, no sex. It's so funny how our society's like violence is cool, but boobs. Oh uh, well, you know I hey. watched all the Marvel movies on Disney Plus, and I must have witnessed a thousand deaths in those films. But you did the count. Wow, that's uh passionate. Yeah, she grabbed her own boobs and then frenched them. Look how smooth Shadow is. It must be a script. <laughs> I would have melted. Do you think like before the shot, he's like, can I get the glamour shots and not uh, Priscilla? Thanks. <laughs> whoa, whoa. That yeah, was she is. stone in uh what was that Michael Douglas film? Oh, basic instinct. You're talking yeah, about? yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go, Pamela. So far, two. I see two nipples so far. I think that was that bra was recently purchased. Look how clean it is and pristine. It was never laundered. Do you think the budget went into her bra? 
some budget went into her bra. I'm sure that was just a federated purchase. <laughs> but federated is not Macy's. Like it became Macy's. Never mind. Federated jewelry. Fred Rated is in our Federated store. Fred, what are you here for? Are you buying appliance? No, I, I came to buy a bra. Look, their sex is so passionate, it's knocking out all the cards in the card catalog. That was Ghostbusters. Or the sounds of sex. It's not wow. too subtle. He just squirted. <laughs> she's probably not satisfied. Yeah, she's she's like, that's it. <laughs> I don't know who owns this grill, Carl. I didn't do the research. Okay. They have beer there. Do they have beer? I didn't check. <laughs> Look at that payphone, man. I, now, I was it's, about to say miss a payphone. I don't miss a payphone, but but it just brings me back. You don't miss people throwing beer bottles at you while you're trying to use the phone? No, that's a that's a common. It's just a cell phone is the only difference. Wow, they really kicked butt. Yeah, so I think eventually they're gonna they're gonna build the scene with Robert Davi and uh, Trax is worth it, but we still have to go through all these idiots. <laughs>